This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. Let's start the show. This is a podcast on the Podfix Network. You can check out more shows like it at podfixnetwork.com. Super Movie Brothers, episode 139. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Jay. Hey, Jay. It's been one week since you looked at me. Got your head the and I'm angry. What'd you get up to this week, man? What'd you get down to? Did you have any fun? Anything you would like to share with everybody? Lots of fun, Dave. My buddy John and I, he has a mountain house up in Lake Harmony in Pennsylvania. And oh, it, yeah, John the Mountain Man. This yes. is the guy with, that used to have... He the, looks like a mountain man. He used to. He used to, at least. He used Not to. so much anymore. Now, now he looks like a... a now he just looks like a fucking a, yuppie. A 32-year-old Northeast guy. Yeah. He's a yuppie, is what he is. <laughs> I saw but, uh, with his with his... Uh, he's a steam fitter now, you know that? What do you have? A polo hat on? And, yeah, yeah, polo hat representing our broken gobble he's an irregular now yeah. he joined the irregular membership yeah. as soon as he shaved the beard i lost just a little bit of respect for him you know trust me it was hard for him <laughs> <laughs> so what'd you guys get down to up there in the uh, snowy white well mountains? uh we love 93.3 wmmr preston and steve very much you know you me and lauren haven't uh, listened listen to months for sure. We'll say love. Okay. Well, you know, we adore them. We we appreciate them sometimes. And they were having their annual cardboard classic. So you they have a couple of competitions where you can make your own cardboard sled um, in various sizes. And it is one big party shit show. And yeah. it is a ton of fun. And I had no idea this was as big as it was. You're really underselling it. Like, what people do is they take months out of their lives. Well, I was they're, gonna get to that. They're only allowed to, to use cardboard and and some other materials. I think paper mache is one of them. Uh, but you're very it's limited. Not a lot. Right. I'll duct, tell you. duct tape is not allowed. And then you have to take Well, a, there's cer- certain tape is allowed, like like a right, but some kind of clear packaging tape. Packaging, packaging tape. tape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, packaging but tape. duct tape is not allowed. Then you have to take your cardboard and then you create a themed sled to then take down the slopes of the mountain because it is a ski resort kind of like a tubing slopes you know yeah, it's the it's the it's the toboggan slopes. Right. Uh, so you take those down, and then they they judge everybody on three different categories. It's like you know best themed sled, like like best looking, fastest, and I forget what the other one. I is. I couldn't but. even tell either, to be honest. <laughs> I just know when it first started, it was obviously the speed one because there were the smaller yeah. sleds. But it's fucking it nuts. People go all fucking out. months, yeah, months, and so, the amount of detail. And some of these things were holding forty people well, or so. So so. Uh, one person I know this year recreated uh, one of the host Preston's old Corvette that he had uh, back in the 80s. They found a picture of him and they recreated his Corvette uh, out of cardboard yeah. and then rode that down. Someone else made Slinky Dog from... Uh, Which was one of our yeah. favorites. Yeah. That was like the... 
third or fourth last one to go down. Absolutely. And like I remember the one year someone did the Munster's house. Like full sized Munster's house with like over forty people inside of it. They rode that down. That thing collapsed and there was yeah. bodies everywhere. Well, so one of the most annoying but also funniest uh things that happened. A couple decided to literally get married at the very top of the mountain before they went down. Yeah, I heard that. Built a chapel, had a whole wedding party, everything, blah, blah, blah. Like I said, like I think it was another 40-person one. Going to the chapel <laughs> and we're But the annoying part was it took forever. Married. We had to wait for so long for them to actually legally get married before they can come down. And then right when they were about to crest over. Yes. <laughs> It crashes on the fucking married couple. <laughs> the All whole right. chapel, the crucifix, everything fell down. And then they just fell down the slope, just like completely disembodied. Mm-hmm. Like just limbs. I'm sorry, people, did you say disemboweled? Like they- disemboweled. Absolutely. Everything was coming out. <laughs> Dis- <laughs> disemboweled means their like their stomachs were cut up and their bowels were hanging out of their body. Like there were blood everywhere. Well, I'm trying to You're describing people- situate a good story here. <laughs> <laughs> but but a good story just turned into yeah. blood and carnage and well, death like very it, quickly. It could have, <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> this, that cardboard man gets lethal. <laughs> no, everybody everybody walked away safely, <laughs> just dragging little pieces of cardboard from behind because <laughs> it just it somehow crossed the finish line. But it was in shambles. Okay. So, but no, it it was actually a great, great time. Um, we could not get away from two cougars, older women hey, folk. Hey, dollface, what are you and your friend doing later, dude? I haven't met elderly single women like this in a, quite a while. I got the cabin in a divorce. You now, not come elderly. Over? Let me let me just be fair. <laughs> they are like you know mid fifties, but aggressive and very single and very forward hey tall guy why don't you come over yeah. here and let me climb that tree it was <laughs> it was very amusing and then it got very annoying because they just would not leave us alone for two days straight and we couldn't escape them because it's a small town would you like to take your pants off and do a helicopter right <laughs> over my face <laughs> she would she would like that yeah and then other than that i um, can fit a whole cucumber in my mouth when you see me try <laughs> I don't know why when you Dude. say cougars, I just immediately picture like a a, a woman of, yeah. of her mid fifties who smoked a pack a day since the age of yeah. ten and sipping a Manhattan and, and she's yeah. sipping, yeah. <laughs> and that's exactly how she sounds. <laughs> why don't you come over here, tall face? <laughs> oh my god! And then the next day, I was went uh, I went back to work and I took my kids to try and get some breakfast. And bumped into your brother and his family, which oh, was nice. All right. Did you and, keep the uh, kids away from my, from I, my niece? I did. I did. I did. <laughs> Believe me. Don't worry about it. That's uh, right. But she, we were equally annoyed by the service because it was just a fucking shit show. I'm sure I mean, my niece was shooting stink eye everywhere, though. She's real good uh, at that. She's adorable. <laughs> she's real she's good at adorable. that. She's adorable. Kid doesn't let me touch her. I go, hey, it's Uncle Dave. And she's just like, uh, I'm going back to what I was doing. Uh, you hear my fake baby crying? I'm going to go check on it. And it's like, I didn't hear anything. <laughs> This kid doesn't like me. What is it with I don't kids? think she likes any guys except her father. Every kid loves taking the piss out of me, I swear. No, that's true. She doesn't like any guy but her, but her dad. Yeah, yeah, and just Anthony. Yeah. yeah, me and my dad are shit to her. <laughs> just like, oh, like the shit she stepped in on I a walk. I think she glanced at me once, <laughs> yeah. and I tried. I went the, the Logan route, and then I'm- and No, then, well, to be fair, know. Jay, you can be very scary to children. <laughs> Like the only thing they've ever seen on TV as tall as you is Big Bird, and you don't—you're not fucking yellow with feathers, sir. So, 
Yeah, I don't have kind eyes. No, no, you don't. No. You don't. <laughs> you have rape eyes. <laughs> Every time I look at you. I'm, I have priest eyes. Yeah, you have priest <laughs> eyes. What? <laughs> Who has priest eyes? You know, pedophilia. You know, get the- yeah, I, I don't know why you would make that joke about yourself. I, Let me put you down. I, I, don't I, put yourself right, down. I right. do it enough for you. See, this is why I'm not a stand-up comedian. You know, this is why Dave needs to get his ass up on stage, like no. we said before in the no, previous show. Absolutely not. Come on. So uh, for me, for, for me this week, I went out on Sunday because, like I said, uh, we are allowed to drink now. It is now February's over. That was a long month for me, too. I went- Watching you suffer all, the, all these weeks. But like the crazy thing is... I didn't. I didn't drink all all month. I mean, I did drink a beer during our um d- during our reviews and stuff like that, except for the one week that we were sick. But that was it. I drank that, and and that was it. it I w- I'll admit, like the first two days. I had a hankering, like, like I, I craves, yeah, craving. Yeah, like I would be, I would come in here and I would do editing in the studio, or I would watch a movie, or I like where we are sitting is where I do all my drinking. If I'm out in the living room, I don't feel like having a beer. But when I come in here, habitually, I want to immediately have a beer or some sort of drink. Yeah, water just doesn't cut it. No, no. So I I would be playing video games and and like for the first, I would say like three or four days, I was super jonesing. Like I was, I was jonesing hard. And uh, luckily, I didn't like scratch a hole in my arm. From, or anything from like getting the shakes uh but i i eventually i got over it and i i i was i was fine i got through it i was fine i didn't and then even then uh on 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 the first when we were allowed to drink uh my wife's like i'm gonna open up a bottle of wine like the second she got home from work and i had already been home for like two hours she's like don't you want anything i'm like oh, i'm good i'm good but when i got in here to play video games on friday night you went hard buck wild <laughs> <laughs> No, I I had two beers and and a bourbon while I was playing. But that's a lot in a short amount of time when you haven't drank it all. Sure, sure. And uh, I am now just alcohol. I'll I'll say I'm alcohol rich. And what I mean by that is it does not take me a lot to start feeling any sort of way. My tolerance has shot way down. It has gone way down. So like, kind of jealous of that. Yeah, one beer. Like like we're drinking a beer right now. This one beer. Will be a solid buzz. Will be a, a good solid buzz. I have another one. <laughs> I'll watch. take you to the Dave's happy place. You better watch yourself, handsome. <laughs> if I have one more drink, you won't be able to get away. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like ass play? What about water sports? <laughs> Oh shit! So uh, and then on Sunday I went out to we went out to like a uh, we did our taxes uh, first off on Sunday we we did our mm. taxes and uh, we were so nervous because no one's getting money back all of our friends everyone was like you know did you get anything back and everyone, I get a thousand dollars more than I usually do and everyone's like I'm not getting shit back I'm like, probably in a very very low tax bracket where they feel bad for me prob- and give me back all the money. well so were me and Lauren because we wound up getting some money back and we weren't oh, expecting kudos. It. everyone we know was like no we wound up owing or we're not getting anything back and I was like. Well, I know I've, I've been hearing a lot of horror stories, and but but we are getting something back. It's 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 better than the opposite. It is it is like a third less than what we got back last week last year. But we are getting something back, so we didn't wind up owing, which is which is nice. That's nice. So to celebrate, we went out to uh, we went out to an early dinner with Tara and Dugan, our friends, and we went to we went to Dog and Bowl because we wanted to go somewhere where we can get like a, something decent to eat, but not like break the bank too much. And they have absolutely fantastic beers on tap. We went there you and sure it was a Cape May tap takeover while we were there. Wow. What? 
what? Look, look at you, man. I fucking loved it. I love Cape May Brewing Company. They were doing a tap takeover there. They had some of their some of their winter beers previewing some of their some of their spring beers. So I had I, I had a, a a Cape May beer, and then they had Einstock toasted porter. Stop on tap. And you fuck. And I, I I got that. It was so fucking good. Oh, you know that's my favorite. It's so good. I love that beer. Yeah, it's so good. It is sex in your mouth. God damn it! I need to get back it is to that just, place. It is just sex in your. I mouth. I keep writing that place off because it's so small, and I feel like it's so hit or miss. It I'm is gonna small. Be like, and you may wait to get a table if you want to yeah. get food. And it is an old head joint. Like that is like they're they're like we were the youngest crowd in there. Hands down, the youngest crowd in there. But you're right; it's a cool place. They have a great beer selection, and they have good food. So their, their menu is awesome. You know, yeah, sometimes it is worth the gamble. Yeah, I had a scallop fritter fish tacos that were amazing. Whoa, just amazing, okay. amazing, so good. So that's what me and you did this week, man. Why don't we get over and let's find out what are you watching? What are you watching? What are we watching? He's trying to watch some illegal channel. Always watching. No, no, no. Go past this. Past this part. In fact, never play this again. All right, man, what'd you get down to? What'd you, what'd you watch this week? Uh, I was able to, uh, earlier in the week, watch Drive. Okay. Good old Drive, man. Love me, love me some good old stylish Ryan Gosling films. It's always streaming somewhere. And I did I did like have a hankering to watch it like recently. And I was like, where's it streaming? And I looked it up. IMDb. They have their own free streaming service that you can get really? through Amazon Prime. Yep. And, and uh, I have it on my, on my uh, Prime TV. And uh, it does have ads in it. So it's like Hulu for movies. But IMDb right. does. And they have some decent movies on there. Drive is one of them. So I didn't get her. I didn't actually wind up watching it. I wound, I wound up watching something else. And we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. Very but. cool. But other than that, I saw uh, Jay Z in the corner bleed for this that I will be talking about shortly. Yeah. I got a fake synopsis for that one right up. <laughs> And then um, I, I'm almost finished season two of The Punisher, so I'm a little behind. How are you liking it? I mean, I'm enjoying it quite immensely as far as the action. Are you liking it better than season one? No. No? Okay. The action's great. Fantastic. Um, I, and, and it's almost every episode. There's a lot of different kind of different scenes, different areas, different kind of action. Um, I'm really blown away by that. I'm just annoyed by a couple characters. Yeah, two I or, get that. Two or, two or three characters. I probably. wasn't. It wasn't as solid as the first season, but I still really, really liked it. I, I, I really do. But and John Bernthal is certainly playing a less, uh, a, a more like not not reformed Punisher, but he's less animalistic. You know what I mean? Like remember the first season, everything he did was just. <gasps> <gasps> Like he was just it's, nuts. It's because the story is less uh, singular, you know. It, there's a couple different angles yeah. where he's going towards. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, and there's a lot more characters involved around him as well. So there's it's a little more talky. I do love you know. I do love John Barnthal in that role oh, he's though. Fucking perfect. That first episode, he's so perfect. That first episode, like had me had me in. Like I loved that first in, in the honky tonk. Oh, I love that. I love that first episode. That fight loved on it. the dance floor. Loved it. It was so good. Like, yeah, because like and the, even the organic love scene, like, yeah. like of him like kind of falling. In love, but they made you bartender. wait. They made you wait. I, they were patient with it. It was great. It was almost yeah. like a little mini movie. You knew, you right? knew what the, you you knew what the Punisher was in the first season, and now you're watching him. And you're just like, all right, when's he gonna kill somebody? Just show him killing somebody. And they made you wait. 
and they made you wait, and then they paid it the fuck off. And I was by the end of that episode, it was, was really, it was really, it. really well done. I really liked it, and it gave him a nice emotional like starting point to go off of from, sure. from there. I really, really liked it. I wish they kind of picked back up on that storyline. That there, I'm surprised they haven't already. Um, but they are moving away from that quite. I don't want to spoil it for you, but they don't. <laughs> oh, they could, okay. but they don't. So wink, wink. Yeah, I don't know. So anyway, <laughs> so is that it? Is that all you got down to watching this mm-hmm. week? All right. So for me, movie wise, I got to the theaters and I saw Fighting with My Family, and I'll have a five minute ish review for that coming up after your indie corner. I still would love to see that. I also watched a movie with The Rock that wasn't Fighting with My Family. He's also in that. He's he's, he's in a lot of places. I don't know if you know this, but The Rock is the rock that other people hide under. Like you know, he's always seen. He's always there. He's the movie version of Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> He's just everywhere. <laughs> or Michael Strahan. But, like <laughs> they're everywhere. They're in all, every show. The movie I did watch him in was Skyscraper, Jay. Oh. <laughs> just came just came on HBO, HBO on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, all right, now it's acceptable for me to to spend money on this. HBO already has my money every every month and they're going to put this on here. So we'll watch it. Me and Lauren sat down and we watched it. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. I, I I did like there's a moment in that movie at the very beginning they go up on what they call the pearl which is like this spherical orb that sits on top of this skyscraper and um, they, they do like this thing where it's like funhouse mirrors and like the guy's standing here but he's really over there and the mirrors are like reflecting him and I was like this is where the movie's gonna end <laughs> Jay it was <laughs> <laughs> it was where the movie ended. Of course, it was. Uh, it, it's you like know, a rush it, hour. It wasn't a complete diehard ripoff like people were saying it was. There were elements of that there, but I would say more homage than 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 ripoff of okay. it. I just, you know, I mean, let's be honest. Everything will be to some extent, you know. Yeah. I mean, there's only so many things you can do for these kind of stories. But as, as far as it went, I was just. You know, by the time it was done, I wasn't. I wasn't sad that I wasted my time with it. I just. I could never watch. I. I, I just don't ever need to watch it again right i just i just it's not one of those ones that it's like well that's what i felt when i saw the trailer i was yeah. like you know what i could see it being entertaining and kind of fun yeah but at the same time i'll probably never want to see it again and then at the same time why should i even bother in the first place yeah right because so, i get it i get it from the trailer if i get you, it if you're like me and my wife and you just had a whole bunch of booze that you wanted to put in your body and nothing else to do and you want to sit down you just want to watch some some of the rock with one leg sure oh but me and my wife were like so i there's a scene where like his leg does get ripped off in Ooh. a fight, and and then something happens to, to to another person, and he's kneeling down next to them. At no point did he put on his leg, but he's it, it's his left leg that's missing. He is kneeling on his right knee, and his left knee is up in the air in the shot. And I was like, well, wait a minute. What's he posting that knee on? Because he has nothing below the knee. So what's his knee being posted on? Because it's like he's he's like in a crouched position with the one knee in the air. And I was like, so that would mean like his knee is just kind of like floating out there with nothing underneath of it. Like he's just kind of like balancing. <laughs> and I was like, continuity. A lot errors. of core strength right there. <laughs> yeah. Well, there, there, there was just like a lot of like little continuity yeah, yeah. errors with the leg. Sometimes he's limping. Sometimes he's not limping. You know? And I was like, uh, 
The Rock could have sold it harder. He could have sold it. There's harder. a reason why he hasn't been nominated for an Oscar yet. You're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's just say that. And other than that, I've been watching Working Moms on Netflix. This is a show that is created. Most of the episodes are written by, and the first episode is directed by Catherine Reitman, and she is the sister of Jason Reitman and the daughter of Ivan Reitman. And boy, can you tell. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so like oh boy. There, she she has uh, and, and I just want to say this like she's not a bad looking girl at all. I'm just she what, has, same kind of sense. She of has humor? an unusual mouth. Like her mouth just like never closes. Oh, like, it's, like, always, and like my my wife was like you know I showed her a picture of Ivan Reitman and she's like oh my god she looks just like him. I was like right without the old man jowls that is him like in it with tits and an ass like that is that is Ivan Reitman. <laughs> looks just like him it's <laughs> clearly jason reitman took after his mother <laughs> that's right. what i'm saying <laughs> she took after ivan for sure but uh, no the show is absolutely hilarious it's really well written i i i love these shows that are from like the woman's perspective because like a lot of them are like a lot of shows you know we spend so much time with shows portraying women a certain way you know and these portray women as people and not not even as women just as people uh, and th- that that's what i really like they're all super funny they they pretty much have the same mind as me and my wife do where everything is cynical everything is is can be turned into a joke and anything can be made fun of <laughs> And I absolutely, I absolutely love. I'm intrigued. Super enjoying it. Okay. I think I think you'll have a lot of fun with it. Um, and yeah, I, I encourage everyone to check it out. While we're on the subject of what we've been watching this week, why don't we head over and why don't we get into your dark, seedy, a little sticky indie corner? All right, man, you got yourself poured a bourbon neat. You got your suspenders on, your square frame glasses, mm. got your mustache curled just right. It is. You look like the biggest douchebag that's ever lived <laughs> south of Houston Street. <laughs> Why don't you tell Fair us? Fair enough. What the name of your little indie ditty is this week? We haven't done one of these in a while. I'm just kind we of super excited. I got to do. I, I got to do a fake synopsis for a movie that I've seen. <laughs> 2016's. Bleed for this. That's right. Bleed for this. So this is about a 12-year-old girl who experiences her period for the first time, Jay. Oh, boy. And I was afraid of this. It is, it is about everyone in her family scrambling just to make her feel better. You know, they all, they're, they're all coming to her with different ideas of how to look at it, how to deal with it, to do this, to do that. And she becomes increasingly frustrated with each and every single one of them, which ultimately ends in, in her just throwing tampons at everybody, not bloody ones. I'm, this isn't disgusting, Jake. Mm. I just saw your face. That's mm. uh, not what she's mm. doing. She's okay. just frustrated with everybody who doesn't understand what she's going through. Oh, that's what it right. is. Okay. I and then, and then she 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 finally you know when she finds out why this happens every month she goes I bleed for this. Carmen's developing into a fine young lady. You should be proud. You get your period yet, Carmen? That's actually kind of funny. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> oh man, this is that's a real Jay. That is my nightmare scenario. I have a daughter. <laughs> I know she's five. I know it's my nightmare scenario. Seven to eight years. I am going to go through this. 
I feel bad for you. Okay. I feel bad for Lauren even more. <laughs> Why don't you tell us what your indie corner slash movie homework this week is all about? Because you assigned yourself this. Yes. Yeah, I'm tired of you assigning yourself movie homework. Stop doing that. I assigned I you movie like homework. I like the movies I'm <laughs> yeah. seeing. Yeah, that's why I went into indie corner, not a movie I homework. Uh, ben Younger written, uh, wrote and directed this movie. Uh, he previously did Boiler Room. That is a little cult classic one as I do well. love Boiler Room, yeah. Yeah, most of us males do. Yeah, well. <laughs> So it's it's very Glen Gary Glen Ross, right? Yeah. For 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 the two thousands. It's got Vin Diesel in it. I mean <laughs> Seriously, I know. And he was good. Boiler room, like Glengarry Glen Ross, but with Vin Diesel. <laughs> Driving a Ferrari. Driving a Ferrari. Before Fast and the Furious. <laughs> so this follows the inspirational true story of world champion boxer Vinny Pazinazzi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Italian. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good Irish name. Pazienza. <laughs> Just who after a near fatal car accident which left him not knowing if he'd ever walk again. And it made really one hell of a sports story and ever incredible, no, no, incredible he did not know whether he would ever walk again. He never knew where he would fight again. And uh he starts training to come back and fight. Yes, and this guy is just fucking batshit crazy. Just, let's just say. I mean, he has so yeah, um, just complete. I mean, he wasn't even driving tunnel the vision. He of wasn't being dri- a fighter. He wasn't driving the car that crashed. No, he no. had a, he had a very successful career. He was up and coming. Yeah, and and I believe he was a light heavyweight. I want to say. I think it was light heavyweight. Yeah. So he was coming up in the light heavyweight division. He gets in his car accident, breaks his neck. His neck is broken, and he is in what they call an orbital. That is the it is basically the the cage well, contraption. But not just that, he also chooses to take the dangerous risk of right. not fusing his neck. Which would obviously refuse him to ever he would uh, never possibly mo- box again. He would never move his neck. So he doesn't go through that. And instead, while he has the orbital on him, while he has that cage around his head yeah. that's drilled into his skull, which they show, which in, they show. in detail, going mm-hmm. in and going out, uh, <laughs> he begins weight training his neck. While that orbital's on, he attaches five-pound weights to that and starts lifting Well, his that's head. after it comes off. Let's be fair. Right. Let's okay. be fair. Yeah. But, yes, I mean, he starts, obviously, you, you could tell, I mean, he can barely lift up uh, just a bar yeah. at that point, and it's really defeating for him, and it's interesting to see how he just literally crawls from the ground back up again from where <laughs> he used to be. I mean, his, his goal was... Strong neck muscles equal no pain on no, no you know no damage comes to the spine, which mm. possible. <laughs> Sound know. logic, sir. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, Aaron Eckhart was an unsung hero in this movie because I uh, thought he was fucking great. When I watched it a year ago, that's what I told you. I was like, watch this for Aaron Eckhart. Wow, Miles Teller is good in it, but watch it for Aaron Eckhart. And for I, sure. I, I hundred percent understand that because it's true. And he plays his trainer, Kevin Rooney, a complete degenerate alcoholic, gets into a whole bunch of shit, fights, whatever. But he's a very respected personal trainer and, and for boxing, and and they have a beautiful friendship. Worked with Iron Mike Tyson as well. He did. Yeah, he certainly did. Um, so Miles Taylor, he did a, he did a fantastic job. He did a really good job. Really Listen solid here, you job. You bought fat fuck. I'm gonna knock your teeth out of your face. I just actually <laughs> thought the movie wasn't directed that great. No, it wasn't. I didn't like any of the fight sequences. I I thought they were really overly edited. Um, it was not emotionally impactful for me so much. I mean, it, it, for a movie, sure. But it, I was not sucked into it like I usually am in other previous right. fighting movies like we're right. going to be talking about in our list later on in the show. 
So that's why, you know, for example, No Fight in this movie is on my list, for example. No. But I did enjoy the movie, and I respected the movie, and I loved the fact that they did a good job with portraying this real story and real characters. And it's just a great underdog, uplifting, comeback movie. Right, and it's an um, actor's movie. Like you it watch, is an actor's movie. You watch this to watch Miles Teller. But it has its flaws it um, does, structurally yeah. and, and, you know, from the writer and director. But, you know, even still, it's... Um, it's it's worth a watch. It's it's playing free right now on Amazon Prime. How'd you love that? How how'd you like his his uh, his girlfriend's New Jersey accent? <laughs> oh boy! How long? Which did one? It, how, how long did it take? <laughs> he to likes get strippers. Grading? I'll tell you yeah, that. He, how long did it take it to get grading on you? Like, well, his mom had it too. Like everyone oh, has that North oh, Jersey God, accent. It was, it was tough. <laughs> I can't stand that accent. You know, <laughs> just look, young girls got a dream. You I know, this it. is probably her first break. You know, they got I her on the cheap, it. and she's you know first time trying to throw out. <laughs> You're never going to fight again, Vinny. You just can't do it. You just can't do it. You're a loser. <laughs> I mean, that's great. I, I'm glad you at least got something out. I'm glad you at least enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I just, I, I always tend to like an underdog story. I always tend to like sports movies. That's why for our top five list sure. this week, I wanted to do, you know, top five sports movie fights, like top five organized fights, not just top five movie fights. Because I always, I always really like those, those type of stories, man. And this one, you know, it's not the best, but it's certainly worth your time and it's certainly worth a watch. I agree. All right, man. I got a five minute ish review for fighting with my family. We'll find out if that's worth your watch. Jay, this five-minute-ish review, it's going to be pretty short, pretty sweet. My five-minute-ish review this week is for fighting with my family. Sorry about that. It's The Rock. We're huge fans. Thank you so much. What advice would you give us? We want to be the next you. What are your names again? My name. It doesn't matter what your names are. You walk around here interrupting The Rock you like you haven't seen the sun in 20 years. You like you just stepped out of Oliver Twist. Please, sir. May I have some more advice, sir? You want some advice? Here's the rock's advice. Shut your mouth. Thanks, Dwayne. Got it. If I call your name, that means you'll be coming with me to Florida. Paige. Thank you all very much. I have no idea who I'm supposed to be out there. You're not just doing this for you. You're doing it for the family. Paige, I myself have come from a wrestling family, too. I know exactly what it means to you. But don't worry about being the next me. Be the first you. What? It's Dwayne Johnson. How are you? Prove it. If you smell what the rock is cooking. Yeah, and I'm Vin Diesel, mate. Based on a documentary of the same name, Fighting With My Family follows Soraya Knight or Soraya Jade Bevis in real life and her rise from UK wrestling indie circuit to becoming one of the most prolific wrestlers in WWE history. And it's it, it really is a coming of age story, uh, you know, a, a rise through the ranks, a, a, a lot like, you know, you were talking about Bleed for This, a lot like some of the underdog stories that we'll be talking about on our top five list later on. It, it, it is a lot like that. 
while the story of fighting with my family is a familiar one, it doesn't have to be a familiar one because there are several aspects of real life Paige, that was her wrestling name, of her history that they changed to make this story fit more of like a Hollywood mold. And it's like they they, they placed okay. it in this mold. The movie may be cookie cutter in its display. However, it really shines in all of the characters. Like that. that's why... I, I think I wound up enjoying this movie a lot. Uh, it's it's not so much Paige, while, while the girl who played her was was fantastic. It's not so much that story that I really fell in love with. It was the characters in her family and and the connection with her family and that that family story, especially her brother Zach, who is yeah. Uh, it's this. It kind of leans towards that in the trailer. It shows so, that like they really do focus quite a bit on that dynamic. I would say you know he is a third of the. Film film focuses on Zach while the other two wow. thirds focus focus now, on Have her you story. seen that actor before? Yeah. Or is he a newbie? Okay. Yeah, he was actually in that film I told you to watch Caliber on uh Netflix where the two guys go into the Scottish woods and stuff like that. Right. So I have I right. have seen him before. Uh and he's 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 a good he's a good actor. I I enjoyed him in this. I I actually found myself resonating with his story of of coming to grips with failure more so than I No, I understand that. I probably will too. Yeah, more, <laughs> more more so than than sure. I really got behind. Because we're both failures, right. you know. <laughs> Paige's story of success. However, I still did enjoy. I still did enjoy her story. It was just very cookie cutter. The entire wrestling obsessed family. It's they are flawed. They have some truly heartwarming quirks that will draw you in and make you instantly fall in love with them. But. It's a fun coming of age story with a colorful cast of characters, and Vince Vaughn and The Rock are there too. I mean, that's what it comes down. Well, to. I want to know how good Vince Vaughn was in this. I mean, Rock, I'm sure is The Rock. He'd serviceable, be, be cool. I mean, but he, like Vince is like even in certain serviceable movie roles, it's still questionable. He's all right, man. He's not. He's not. He's not really. He's not. He's not bad in it. He's just nothing to write home about in it. He's there to to serve as a plot device, pretty much. Uh, but he's not like a distraction. Like oh, not Vince at Vaughn, all. not at all. Doing no. he is not a paycheck. He is not. Cutting up the scenery at all. all right, a few good. times he has a zinger here and there that 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 might draw you in, but he's not he's not showing up the scenery good, or anything good. like that. He he serves his purpose and he does it well. Look, man, the movie's not stellar, but it's certainly enjoyable, and it will be worth a rent when it comes on video on demand. I really don't think it's anything you need to rush out to the theaters to see. I, I might still. I did. I, I mean, I know it's getting a well. You're, you're an A plus member. You're 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 an AMC's. Uh, you know, A list, A list, whatever. Yeah. I I mean, I understand if you're a big WWE fan, if you're a big Page fan, this is a must-see in the theaters for you. But I haven't watched WWE since the early 2000s, since like Attitude Era, since I was like, you know, early ages of high school. That was the last time I really was into wrestling. I am familiar with a lot of what goes on in wrestling, but that's only through friends who podcast and talk about wrestling on there. So I I, I have like more of tertiary knowledge of it. I don't have like full knowledge of it. And I, I, I was only somewhat knowledgeable about page not in the same way you're knowledgeable about page jay because uh, when i told you that i saw this movie you're like you know that girl has a whole bunch of leaked videos online of her doing blowjobs and facials like that's you were like a of little course kid. that's what i would say you literally did say that shh don't tell her people <laughs> You literally did say that. I and, know because I didn't know anything about her. And then I remind so I you, I did a little research, and of course, my research gets you know funneled towards that direction. And I'm like, ooh. And then I reminded <laughs> you that that those that 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 was not anything that like an ex boyfriend leaked or anything like that. Someone hacked her phone and then yeah. released those videos. It caused her to almost lose her job, destroyed her career. It, it was probably her. it was probably back when those all the celebrities got leaked. But yeah, it yeah. also caused her to become anorexic. 
and she almost oh, took was her it really? own, yeah she almost took her own life oh over god it. So, that was that bad yeah it was real bad for her so i told you don't look them up and now it turns out you did you sick bastard well i just i <laughs> look i didn't know anything about it i stumbled across it and now, i reported to dave that's now, all i did now i gotta fight yeah i i was aware of them i just never looked them up because i knew the story behind them and how she I felt stumbled about into it i, I didn't look it up if i find I out that someone it. that that, that that someone had such a uh, such such a reaction to it as as she did because it's not like anything she ever expected to get out. Then I would feel terrible looking up those videos. I would feel terrible, Jay. Well, especially when you say all that and she almost killed herself and was <laughs> she, anorexic she, she and everything. She, Jeez, oh man, I feel yeah. terrible about that. And, but she she really was. But one it's of, understandable. My right. God, I would feel the same way. Says the guy who was almost in a three way relationship. Hold on, with- that was a Patreon episode, I think. <laughs> <laughs> let's not let's not get let's, there. Let's not get into that. If you want to become a Patreon, you can get into Jay's naughty little nitty gritty details of. We gotta uh, we gotta do another. We life. gotta do another uh, Jay's. I, Jay's dating update. I got quite a lot to unveil, and it's quite personal. So if you're into that kind of shit, uh, yeah, please join us on Patreon. (laughs) Why don't we just uh, Why don't we just end this? I gave fighting with my family a B minus. So let's head over and let's get into our news. Now it's time for the news. First news story. Will Smith will not be returning for Suicide Squad 2 due to scheduling conflicts, probably because he'll be busy hiding under a rock after this. You really don't know who I am. Genie, wishes, lamp, none of that ringing a bell. Suicide Squad 2 is still being helmed by former Guardians director James Gunn and is set for an August 2001 release. Oh, he's probably going to be really busy with uh, this King Richard movie that he just signed on to produce playing Serena and Venus Williams' father. So he is the... The infamous father developing the biggest superstar tennis athletes of the world out of Compton. But there's also some backlash because of colorism, Dave. This is apparently a thing because their father is essentially... He's a dark man. A very dark man in right. complexion. And Wesley Will Snipes Smith could is 100. very light. Wesley Snipes could pull it off. Will Smith is... Ex- exactly. What <laughs> wisdom... Wesley Snipes is the perfect guy to probably play this guy. Right. But unfortunately, he's no longer. He's not really bankable. He's not bankable. I mean, come on. Not even bankable. I mean, he probably. I mean, people don't even know who he is anymore, probably. The teenagers don't know who he is. He was Blade. <laughs> we know that. Do the teenagers watch Blade anymore? Probably not. They should. It's good. They should. They probably will. <laughs> Give it 10 more years. <laughs> It'll be a cult classic again. It's also reportedly an amicable split between Will Smith and and Warner Brothers. However, I do think Warner Brothers was like, he's coming out with fucking Aladdin yeah, soon and it's yeah. going to bomb. Yeah. We're we're really trying to resell or we're we're really tr- we're really trying to like rechristen and resell our ship across some troubled waters and we don't need that. But then again, Will Smith might actually try to get back into the Oscar favor of quality films into this little indie potential Oscar gem. Instead of sticking with the studio so everybody, blockbuster movies. So everybody wins. Correct. So and, I think it's actually overall the right decision. And they still when get I read Margo, it, I was like, oh, really? And they still get Margot Robbie. The only way they would cancel Suicide Squad 2 they is got, if Margot Robbie somehow left. <laughs> then, dude, then they would all implode. They got Margot Robbie for a good decade. Yeah. 
for yeah. sure. Next news story. Finn Wolfhard, Jay. You may remember him from such things as the movie It and Stranger Things. He's being looked at for Jason Reitman's Ghostbusters film. This kid is in absolutely everything in Hollywood. Uh, Hollywood is using him as like this like thumbs up to fans that's like, hey, we know it's cool. <laughs> you know? It's like, this kid's in uh, Stranger Things. You all like that, right? He's in uh, It. Everyone was all about that shit. Look, he's going to be in Ghostbusters because he wore a Ghostbuster costume in Stranger Things Season 2. We know it's cool. We get you. What the fuck? If Hollywood keeps casting this kid and everything, he's going to wind up being so burnt out. He will look like Macaulay Culkin does. He's going to be. Yeah. He'll look like Macaulay Culkin does now by the age of 18. <laughs> it's frightening, man. I'll tell you. Uh, I, I Do I think it's good casting? Yeah, because I think the kid's got a lot of charisma. Yeah, but, guess, but, but also good guess what? Most of the people don't know him that well enough, other than Stranger Things. So, Jay, he's, I, it was a huge movie, and I think all the people that want to go see Ghostbusters are the people who were watching Stranger Things and going to the movies to see it. I 100% think right. that... I misspoke. Correct. Yeah. You're right, Dave. Thank you. Um, <laughs> well, Jay, don't get so upset because I was right. It happens all the time. <laughs> This is why I get drunk every night, Dave, because I would like to just you know forget these memories of me being a moron and stupid. It's it's good casting to get fans in the seats. I just um I just I just feel like this kid is is everywhere. You know, um I was kind of hoping for like some unknowns. Actually, I was hoping for 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 someone who was. I mean, it doesn't really matter because I don't know anything about this movie. It doesn't matter. Of course, they're looking at this kid. They want this movie to be bankable. Sony needs another franchise other than Spider Man. I just don't know what angle they're going with. Like, I don't know why they're making this movie. And then I'm also concerned about like what, what kind of angle are they going for? Are they going for quality? Or are they going for butts in the seats? Like, what are they doing? I hopefully at least both. You hope. I mean, you hope that Sony wants butts in the seats, but you hope Jason Reitman's going for quality. That's what you're hoping for. Yeah, I'm just worried. I'm yeah. still worried because oh, so it's just so, it's a little too soon for me. Jay, I love Ghostbusters too much to not be worried. I know. I it's know. like it's it's like Ghostbusters is my baby, but they just learned to drive and they just got their driver's license. I'm handing the keys over and I'm saying like, be safe, you know, just. <laughs> Come back in one piece. <laughs> Look at my eyes. Do you hear what I'm saying? Or, or even worse yet, it's like the kid just got in an accident. The car just got fixed, and I'm handing the keys over again. Because, you know, Ghostbusters 2016 was the car accident. I was like, come bring it back in one piece this time. Yeah, <laughs> I got your promise. Not a scratch. <laughs> Next news story. All right, Jay. Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt are uh, apparently set to return for an Edge of Tomorrow sequel. This time, Jay, the mech suits will be used just to keep Tom Cruise's geriatric body performing impossible stunts for a man of his age. <laughs> I know you love Tom Cruise. I know you marvel at the stunts that he does in all of the well, Mission Impossible movies. I thought this movie was already confirmed. Yeah, well, this movie. And it's funny how this came all over the news again because um, maybe it did hit a hiccup and we just didn't even know about it and it just stalled for a while yeah but i mean i remember it was a good year ago at least a year ago when they kind of confirmed that it was gonna what happen I'm, what i'm actually surprised about is that they're calling it edge of tomorrow still didn't they basically change the name to live die repeat because when i bought the for the dvd release yeah, when i bought yes. the blu-ray it just it edge of tomorrow is nowhere on that fucking box cover at all it just says live die repeat because that's what that's what the entire tr that's what the marketing campaign was for the movie when people went to go see it in the movie theater people were like i just went and saw live die repeat and i was like you mean edge of tomorrow and they're like no 
that movie where Tom Cruise lives then dies it's, and yeah, repeats yeah, yeah. it. And it's, like, it's almost like um <laughs> like video game marketing or something like that for that. So right? the news story isn't that they're making a sequel. The news story is that they're still calling it. I'll, I'll never understand tomorrow. That. I will never understand that at all. Because they were trying to speak to a video game crowd because this was a very video game uh inspired type of movie. Um in, in in effects and and premise, not so much in in execution. But uh, I, I feel like they were really trying to like to talk to like that video game crowd, and that's who wound up loving it. And and more so than that, I mean, I loved it because of that aspect of it. And I'm a video I, game I guy. I loved so. it just because of the movie's good. <laughs> it is a really good movie. You know, the, the the titles are kind of shit, but you know, whatever. It's a great movie. Next news story. Remy Malik is close to signing a contract to be the next Bond villain. Jay, I would love for Bond movies to go back to where the villain had a a fun name, Odd Job, Jaws, Man, uh, what Goldfinger, you know, stuff like that. Sure. Remy Malik's Bond villain name would be Massive Overbite. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Something in that vein, I'm sure. Yeah, yes, yeah. Or bug eyes. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> your bug eyes. Yeah, and, he, and, he, and as he's like stroking a, a like a pussy cat. Like, <laughs> bug eyes just attacked Parliament. <laughs> <laughs> Massive overbite. <laughs> Send us this video foil. <laughs> he's gyrating his hips. I don't know why. <laughs> don't stop me now. Don't stop me. Look at him. Just shaking that massive overbite in our faces. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jay, uh, you're the big Bond fan here. What do you think about uh, Remy Malik being cast here in this role? I like it. I think yeah. it's fitting. I like it. I like it. I'm so I'm on, I'm on board with it. What I'm about some of the other it. actors that were up for the, for this role, man? Well, B- Billy Magnuson is also being eyed for a role as well, which I could see being either a agent gone rogue or bad or maybe a villain because he's he's got that clean cut appeal and he's right. good looking but he also can play that fucking menace he's got the eyes he's got yeah. the energy he's got the personality for that what i worry about <laughs> them doing is them taking rami malik and them turning him into like a vilified character like he played on mr robot that's what i'm worried about he's going to be like this this high tech very hackery uh, type like that's what i don't want yeah i don't want that's exactly what it's I, gonna I don't be. want like a little in like a little little weird nerdy kind of guy like he's in gonna the be. shadows Check. behind a computer 100 percent, 100 percent. what he's gonna be maybe maybe you don't look at rami malik and go physical prowess right there <laughs> right you look at daniel craig and you go physical prowess but you don't you I don't look that. at rami malik and go like that dude could throw right. down <laughs> right you look at him and go that dude can pound away on the keyboard and he can like he can zero zero one all fucking day <laughs> But Christoph Waltz doesn't have a, a physical presence at all, and it could be part of the reason why the villain aspect of the previous movie did not uphold to be as strong. Ooh, that's a bingo. <laughs> there we go. Next news story. All right, Jake, no yucks this time. This one is actually very sad. My wife was actually hit hard by this one. Luke Perry has passed away. And uh, it actually comes as a result of complications after a stroke that happened about a week ago. He was hospitalized and uh, he unfortunately did wind up passing away several days ago. So, uh, you know, I, I feel for everyone who is a huge Luke Perry fan. I, I think it's incredibly sad. I know my wife is a huge Luke Perry fan because she is really loving his role on Riverdale. Uh, I'm not mm-hmm. a big Riverdale fan, but I did watch some 90210 back in the day and I am looking forward to his role in Quentin Tarantino's 
Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which he did completely finish filming and stuff like that. And that will wind up serving as his last big screen film so yeah this really hit home for me too because um he's a dude he's he, a 90s he was, icon he was a stud he was a cool ass motherfucker with a cool ass pompadour haircut in 90210 dude. now i was not a huge fan of the show because i was a little too right, young but do you remember the 90s like this was the dude who was compared to james dean like everyone's like, i know i believe it though i he had that look he was cool i would have like really, there was a time in high school where i probably would have given a testicle pick one i don't care to be luke perry so. i hear you but it really for me it really hit home because um and, and even my, my my buddy just had the previous stroke two weeks prior before this it it's just frightening man and, and they're only four years apart and it really just kind of hit home and, and sunk in in a, in a pretty emotional fucked up way because you know it could have been him and it could have been yeah. anybody and it can be anybody because just strokes hit on just like that Absolutely, man. Fifty-two years old, so man. Our rest in peace, buddy. Our our thoughts go out to to his family, to anyone who was close to Absolutely. him, and, and all to the fans out there. all the fans out there as well. It just made us depressed, man. Let's go celebrate with a little bit of a wake. You think? Like, we'll we'll drink to Luke Perry. I think so. Yeah, let's go. Let's go have Cheers, a couple buddy. beers and we'll drink to Luke Perry. Welcome back to the beer segment. Me and Jay got two beers that we're going to be reviewing for you. But before we do that, we got to drop a line to our sponsor, Blowfish. Blowfish is the only FDA approved hangover cure. Two tablets. Drop it. Eight, 12 ounces of water. I go through this every week. I feel like we should all know it by now. You drink it down. Your hangover starts to feel better. So if you just got off of an entire month where you weren't drinking and now one weekend you were allowed to drink and you did it in excess Friday, Saturday, Sunday night, and then you had a massive hangover come Monday and you had a lot of traveling to do for work and you just couldn't take it you're going to drop yourself some of that blowfish you're going to start to feel better immediately so if you would like to cure your hangovers in little to no time head over to fourhangovers.com use the promo code SMBFISH to get your 15% off alright Jay we got an indie pod to discuss tonight now this is going to be a little different because I've been putting spotlights on everyone else's indie pods but this is an indie pod that I'm involved with. So this indie pod is Good Morning Mose Isley, and here is just a little flavor for you. Good morning, Mose Isley. Coming to you from the Outer Rim Cedius Spaceport on Twin Suns Radio, I'm Wally Jacks. And I'm Vivid Zanzini. You can find the simulcast in Hut Tees on 103.9 The Womp Rat. Blistering day in the forecast, 148 degrees is your high in galactic standard temperature with only a 9% chance of sandstorms. Punishing high temperatures and a potential Tuscan uprising put the projected homicides on the Vendetta Index at a brutal 42 deaths today. Today's broadcast is brought to you by the 239th Most Isley Jizz Festival. It's that time of year again when on hot, steamy Tatooine nights, the air is filled with sweet, sweet jizz. Some of the biggest jizz whalers in the biz will be visiting this year's festival. Sticky Finger and Dan and the Two Fingers, Pace Tongo and the Probes, Zemo Star and the Shockers, and of course the legendary Max Rebo are just some of the names that you'll see at this year's festival. Also, musicians from across the Outer Rim will pay tribute to legendary jizz icon Krennic Jansen, who passed away 
away two seasons ago after a death stick overdose. Hard to believe this will be the first festival in 113 years without Krennic Sweet Jizz. Vivid? That's really hard to swallow, Wow. So that is Good Morning Mose Isley. That's the beginning of episode two. The The whole point of Good Morning Mose Isley, it's me, it's Wes, we both have movie podcast but we don't get to talk about star wars nearly enough so we came together to do a podcast about star wars together it's part in universe uh for star wars and part in our universe talking about current star wars topics and we touch on some other things in the star wars universe anywhere from video games to comics anything that is part of star wars can show up on the show so uh it's a lot of fun we do we do a lot of uh star wars news stories that are in star wars universe like the one you just heard about the jizz festival coming Mm. to tatooine jay if you don't know jizz is the star wars version of jazz somewhere back in 1977 george lucas thought yeah We'll call that jizz. (laughs) (laughs) And we have a little fun at that. (laughs) Oh, I bet you do. Sounds like a lot of fun. So there's a ton of different stuff that we add in. It's always fun. It's always funny. And uh, we try to bring our take on Star Wars, Star Wars news, and the Star Wars universe to you from a certain point of view. So uh, you can check it out on anchor.fm. Just type in Good Morning Mose Isley on there to find it. You can Google Good Morning Mose Isley and find it there. You can also go onto iTunes. And of course, if you enjoy the podcast, please make sure that you leave it a five-star review. All right, Jay, we got two beers that we are drinking. So why don't you tell us about the beer that you are drinking tonight? Well, I have myself River Horses Mocha Lisa Porter. Oh, man, we're, we're playing the game of coasts tonight because you are on the, the right coast and I got a beer from the left coast. Mm. Yeah, we are from New Jersey here, of course. This is a local brewery from us. Uh, and it's an Imperial Porter brewery with cocoa and Asian Ugandan coffee beans. Uh, so this is a strong, healthy 9% alcohol by volume. Where's Uganda, Jay? Somewhere What in continent? Africa. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what, though. It's, uh, it's a lovely spoof of a can, and it's probably one of my favorite uh, River Horse beers that they've made so far because this one is stellar. It is a really smooth, um, mild kick for a 9%er. But it just has all the great balance of a marriage of the cocoa with the coffee and the, the 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 lovely porter notes that you would expect and want in your beer. It really fucking delivers. I'm gonna give it a high grade, four point five out of five. All right, man. Yeah on on a week uh, on a week that it snowed, a nice heavy porter sounds oh, like like beautiful. heaven. Yep. Heaven. I love coffee porters, especially when they're that. This one's perfect for me. That yeah. beautiful, just like silky smooth flavor that comes with it. Uh, I am drinking the Weekend Vibes IPA from Coronado Brewing Company. I'm really happy to uh, to be reviewing this. I love Coronado Brewing Company. Uh, when me and Lauren were out in San Diego. We actually stopped by their brewery, uh, partake in some of their food and their drink there, and I did not have a bad beer while I was there, and the Weekend Vibes IPA continues that trend. It is uh, brewed with Mosaic, Citra, and Simcoe hops. It is 6.8% alcohol by volume, and dude, this thing is just a flavorful burst of cheer in my mouth. 
It's sweet, sweet jizz, man. Damn. <laughs> now it is. It is really, really good. It's it really, looks really good too. Really well balanced. It has a fantastic, absolutely fantastic smell. It's a wonderful West and look Coast at that art IPA. design on the can. I love that. It. Just screams, you know, Southern California weekend vibes. It does. You know, it's just uh, really chill. So this this has super juicy notes up front. Little bit of that bitterness, uh, which it's it's perfectly balanced. And man, it finishes off so clean, so crisp, so good. I'm I'm also giving this a 4.5. I really, hey, I love most things that come out of the, the Coronado Brewing Company. So I'm real, really happy to be drinking this uh, tonight. Beautiful. So we got two very different beers uh, that we reviewed tonight and both from different coasts. Absolutely. East Coast and West Coast. So, Jay, let's head over and let's get into our top five list for this week. It's our last top five we're going to be doing for a little while. Yes. Uh, since since I reviewed Fighting With My Family and you did an indie corner on Bleed For This, I decided, why don't we do our top five fights? But I wanted to throw you a curveball. I right. didn't want it to be top five movie fights of all time because that's a big list. There's a lot of things you'd want to fit into that. There's a lot. So we have True. to condense it. We have to make it a little bit more digestible digestible something that makes it a little bit harder for you to pick movies for your list it was it was so we're doing top five organized fights these are all fights that happen either within a sporting event or in some sort of league or in some sort of competition and uh so all of them are organized fights they're basically from sports movies right but jay real quick before we do our top five there was a trailer that dropped i hit never forgot and you just the poetics is playing. Poetics bring the drums in. Cut the beat and let the music play. No trailer park. Shout out to Dave and Jay. I don't serve, but it's a newer wave. We've been on since trust God saved the right stop. I don't want to flow until I know it at the bass drop. A massive trailer that dropped. Just a big horse cock flopped right down on the table that made a thud. That's right. It was the Game of Thrones season eight full trailer. They've been dick teasing us with little TV spots here and there. Uh, we got the one for for the Super Bowl, which was the mountain that rides uh, versus the, <laughs> the Bud Knight. He destroys him and puts his fingers through his eyes, <laughs> just like he did to Martell in Game of Thrones. And then we also. You know, we've gotten little ones of just like just characters, just, you know, uh, Jon Snow, Sansa, Arya standing in the crypts, preparing for what's coming. Ominous wind, feathers being blown, candles being blown out, them being nothing of like in season footage. Nothing of substance. Right. Whatsoever. <laughs> Last week, they dropped a little minor teaser. It was Arya standing around a whole bunch of people. Dragons seem to be flying overhead. And everyone else is running like crazy and Arya is looking up to the sky. Then they show the unsullied marching in snow and everything like that. And that's all we've gotten so far. That's it. That's sure. all anyone knows about Game of Thrones other than the people who claim to have leaked scripts and stuff like that, which I avoid like the fucking plague. But now that I got a full trailer. I know death. He's got many faces. I look forward to seeing this one. Everything you did brought you where you are now. 
where you belong. Doesn't tire. Doesn't stop. Doesn't feel. I promise to fight for the living. I intend to keep that promise. Right, Jay, it's coming back. April 14th, Game oh, of Thrones boy. makes its final season. Like five weeks run. from now. Five weeks from now. We are like super fucking close. Like, wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, like, and they, how about that trailer? Wow. Yeah. So, <laughs> there's a lot to digest in this trailer. And I do honestly want to make this kind of like a brief trailer park for those yeah. of you who aren't Game of Thrones fans. Five, ten minutes. You know, we'll yeah. see. We'll it's see. not going to happen. Yeah, we'll I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> But no, let's let's start breaking this down a little bit. So okay. um, I I don't want to speculate on too much of, of of what's to come, but there will undoubtedly be a little bit of speculation. But I'm not going to get like you know super new rock stars with it and start picking yeah. apart like what people are wearing and stuff like that and what that means for the greater. Oh God, please not. I'm not yeah. no, no. So <laughs> first off, starts off with 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 Aya Stark, right? And yes. it looks like she's she's breathing and panting like quite heavy. It looks like she's in the crypts of Winterfell or possibly in the halls of the Red Keep. But I do think that she's in in the crypts of Winterfell at that point because they've teased in the books and they've also teased in the movies, uh, in, in the TV show, that the crypts of Winterfell are going to play a vitally important role. We know that there must always be a Stark in Winterfell. We know that there are the dead kings of winter in the crypts of Winterfell. We know that they keep iron swords across their knees to keep the spirits at bay. And I think whatever the key is to defeating the Night's King will come from the crypts of Winterfell. All right, I'm a little nervous by that. It just sounds a little wonky. All right, Jay, first off, Game of Thrones is... All right, this might be... Oh, I guess there's a fantasy element, right? Right. So Game of Thrones derives a whole lot thematically, but also in some ways story-wise from Tolkien's Lord of the Rings trilogy. And George R.R. R. Martin drove a lot of inspiration from that. Do you remember the way that the fight against ended in in the third movie, the dead kings of men and the dead the, the the ghosts of of man's army showed up to help them fight. It's very possible you can get the dead kings of winter arising to fight against the army of the dead. If that happens, <laughs> do you? But but this you, will probably go down as the greatest show known to mankind. But, right. But do you doubt that that Game of Thrones could take something as hokey as ghosts and make it believable? I think. I think. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, have no I definitely believe that he can do that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, definitely. Uh, now that's all speculation. So my minor spoilers and stuff like that. But that's that's just me speculating. I'm not doing anything else other than just that's speculating. great speculation. Just just speculating. But that would be why Aya is in the crypts of Winterfell. Sure. It could also be a last stand for her. Um, 
but moving forward from that, what I really like is that, you know, she says like death has many faces. I can't wait to see this one. Right? Like right. because she still follows the many faces. Or God. take on another face. Right. She 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 may have left that that order of assassins, but she still very much is a part of their faith. It almost seems like she left the the old gods, the gods she's of the also North. Behind. Able to do it. Correct. Right. Oh yeah. 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 So. so, but like she says, like I can't wait to meet this face because they talk about the many faced God is the God of death, but he takes on many faces, and she is is state is stating, and it just fits with her character that the many faced God, the Night King, is one of the faces of the many faced God. Sure. And I I really like that. Also, what I like about Aya is the dragons are flying overhead. People are panicking and running away as the dragons are flying overhead. But what does Aya do when they fly overhead? She's excited and happy or relieved. She smiles. Yeah. Because if you remember earlier on, she talks about Visenya and how how she rode dragons into battle and stuff like that. As a little girl, she glorified these woman warriors who were Targaryens who rode dragons. So it's very clear that she is not probably going to be too opposed to Daenerys Targaryen who shows up. Oh, of course. I mean, her brother's banging her too. Right. (laughs) But someone who would be very wary of her and someone who is going to probably not trust her Sansa. Let's face it. Based wow. on based on her training from Littlefinger. Yeah, that's a good point. That's everything good point. is a lie, and no one is who what they seem. And when 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 a, a, yeah, Daenerys a beautiful shows, woman, powerful like that with dragons. And let's remember, like Sansa just basically came into her own and just came into her own power, and sure. now already her her king of winter, the king of the north, John shows back up with his new queen, who he bent the knee to and basically gave the north to, without so much as as a conversation with his sister in regards to it or the rest of the northmen. Don't expect all the northmen to greet Daenerys and her unsullied and yeah. her Dothraki riders, Look, or these people from the from from the east. Don't expect them to greet them with open hands right. and, and her, open and arms. Her, and her demeanor was nothing but um, stern awareness that the dragons were there right no more expression either way than that but like exactly you know we'll see what happens with that but it's a good point a very good point uh, and then we get a, a shot of Greyjoy's ships crossing the narrow sea with Beautiful. very clearly men dressed in golden armor that is the golden company they have been a part of the books since mm-hmm. uh, i believe book three mm-hmm. uh and they are now going to make their appearance on the show being brought over by euron Greyjoy at the behest of Cersei Lannister. And that is one of the things that I love in this because Jon Snow is, you know, he's saying our enemy doesn't tire, right? You know, our enemy, basically our enemy doesn't stop. Our enemy doesn't die. Our enemy doesn't, you know, all these things. And it shows Cersei Lannister after all of that. Because, Jay, what I think is that this whole battle that they are leading up to, everything we are seeing here is not even scratching the surface of what season eight is going to be. I think season eight is going to be the story of them going up against Cersei more so than it is them going up against the Night's King. Well, the, the final season has been always about Cersei. Absolutely. The whole series almost, right? And because I think the, that's- her rise and then her fucking just shitness to the whole fucking right. kingdoms um, and just trickling around all over the place. And then, the, the the you know, the Nightwalkers have not been utilized that much throughout the series. No. They have been, obviously, uh, you know, we've been aware of that throughout. I, I would even hazard to say I don't hate 
the the, the I, I do not hate the it's nature the wits or the white walkers at all right. I, don't, I don't hate them it's at all. nature that's just all they know that's right. just what they do but not only that like you know i've had time to hate cersei i've seen the you know the the oh yeah of course I, i've seen the white walkers a handful of times a handful of, first episode i saw one sam killed nobody one. hates them right. that much though right i they saw hate cersei though and, and i saw them change a baby into a white walker and then i saw them rise the dead at hard home and sure. i saw them last season when they took on the raiding party uh over the north and uh we know daenerys came over with her dragon right. stuff like that and right. we lost a dragon to 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 the Night's King and stuff like that. Those are the handful of times that we've seen them in the entire run of this of this series. I don't hate, you know, as as a fan, I, don't, I I'm more interested about the White Walkers and what they want. Oh, Cersei, I know I hate. I know I've been built to hate her. Exactly. I know we've taken to. I so when Jon Snow is there's going, more emotional, dramatic way behind that. When Jon Snow is going through those lines, where like the you know they they don't tire, you know they don't stop, they're unrelenting and all this stuff, and then it shows Cersei. HBO is winking and nodding at me saying like that's your big bad with a sly smile and a swig of her wine the Night's King will be finished by episode three yeah yeah and we know there's only six episodes your last three episodes are gonna be against Cersei and that is it expect the Night's King to be done very quickly to be amazing it is it is and I I do like all the shots we're getting of like uh, of these battles and everyone amassing I there's beautiful shots of the dragons flying over white cap mountains yeah. and all this stuff yeah. and i think a lot of what we're seeing is very early on in this season i agree episode Gabe. one and episode two i, th- I think Max. you nailed it i really do uh cersei is going to be the big crux but my favorite thing from this trailer and we'll probably end on this is jamie lannister jamie lannister says you know he he, he made a pledge he you know t- he, he, to fight for life he's talking in that he's talking twofold he's talking both that he made a pledge for life to Jon snow and to daenerys when they had that 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 meeting in the dragon pit sure. last season and cersei promised that she would send the lannister army north to fight the knight's king because that's what's important they'll worry about their quarrels after the knight's king's taken mm-hmm. care of turns out to be a lie we know that that's what led jamie to leave king's landing to leave cersei and to and to go forward and she also said before that no one leaves me and no one <laughs> he left her so we don't know what's going to wind up happening he he might die by cersei's hands by the end he might also be the valonqar it, it would make he sense. may kill her it would make sense also because we know there's a prophecy that someone a valonqar which you know from old valerian translates to little brother will choke her both jamie and Tyrion are her little brothers and one of them will choke her to death that's 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 what maggie the frog told her in the series that's what may that's happen a spoiler warning david no it's not it's been in the series the whole time shut the fuck up <laughs> so <All right. laughs> so anyway so he's talking about that, like he's talking about his promise to the North to fight the Night's King. But he's also making, an, he's also talking about another promise. He's also talking about his promise as a knight and as a man of the King's Guard. Yeah, because you know, remember, a knight in in the Game of Thrones universe is meant to protect the weak, is meant to to always uphold honor. And Jamie Lannister sure. has always had an issue with this line of honor, but. 
in his mind, we, I love the evolution of his character. Me too. He's, he's one of my great. favorite it's characters. It's been great. We know that from his bath with when he was in the bathtub with Brienne of Tarth. You know, he tells her the story of the king and why he killed him. He was going to burn them all. He was going to destroy the city with wildfire. Later to find out that his sister actually fucking did it, which ultimately leads to him leaving her as well. But you know, he is talking about that oath that he took as a knight to preserve life. He's it's it's Jamie Lannister saying I'm going to get my life back. I'm going to retain my honor by keeping my word this time and going north and fighting with them. The interesting thing is going to be if he actually makes it to Winterfell, how will those people regard him? <laughs> and one arm. Right. I think what what it what it what it hinges on is Bran Stark and his new foresight that he has and everything like that to basically tell everyone i don't care that they threw me out out the window because it was my path and it led me it was my destiny and and now i am who i am i'm the three-eyed raven now i'm the new three-eyed raven and i see i I see it was all all meant to be and don't think that that however the night king ends bran stark does not play a huge motherfucking part of that and throughout this whole series they've literally have dictated us throughout on and on and on again and i'm really just chomping at the bit i need more of him i need to understand more of this three-eyed raven and what the hell the powerfulness of it all is we don't have really time understand it. we don't have time for me to explain it all no i don't I don't, I don't want you to i want to see it <laughs> i just want to make sure they show us say i don't think the i don't think the i don't think the the just a little bit david i don't just think give me five minutes for christ's sake i don't think the <laughs> shows have enough time to explain <sighs> all this so I'll just give you my copies of the audiobooks and okay. you'll just have to start listening because the books are worth your time. There's audiobooks out there that make sure you, you know you can always go on audible.com. There's also free versions on YouTube. Anyway, you can always do that too. <laughs> God bless YouTube. So we are obviously looking forward to Game of Thrones season eight. We are very much looking forward to the end of this. In fact, we're looking forward to it so much that in five weeks, April 14th, when this premieres, boom, that week after that, we are doing a very special Say it. cocktail. Say it. We have, so first off, we got a beer review because we have four Game of Thrones beers just released this year from Amagong Brewing Company that we are going to be reviewing. We also have four, count it, Four cocktails, original cocktails that are going to be made to go around the Game of Thrones season premiere. Pretty much that entire episode is going to be Game of Thrones themed. So if you don't like Game of Thrones, I'm sorry. You're in the minority and <laughs> I am going with the fucking populace here. And that's that. And also we love it. And we really want to discuss the season premiere. We really just want to discuss the show as a whole. And we want to do a top five yeah. Game of Thrones moments with everybody. So it's going to be a ton of fun. It Hope will you be. guys join us for that. Coming up next, me and Jay got our top five to do for this week. here we've come to the end we are at our top five list it's gonna be the last top five list that we do for 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 a week or so uh next week we have our movie cocktail season two episode two it is going to be our last of the patreon suggestion ones for our patreon tier four people who suggested that we do movies we've already done the cornetto trilogy which was suggested now next week we have to do 
Haunted Honeymoon. So that will be the final segment on the show next week, Jay. But this time we have a top five. Since I did Fighting With My Family, you did Bleed for this. I wanted to do a top five list for organized fights in movies it's such a it's such a weird list it's such a weird list to name <laughs> it is it yeah. is but i think everybody understands where think, we're coming here's, from here's you know top five professional fights let's in just movies. be honest they're mostly yeah. in rings yeah exactly. <laughs> i mean come on so but, um, you get the idea so all these do have to take place in some sort of organized fashion they have to be in a league competition stuff like that so why don't you kick it off jay what is the first of of them on your list um, mine will actually be Darren Aronofsky's The Wrestler, the final fight for The Wrestler. I want to say to you all tonight, I'm very grateful to be here. A lot of people told me that I'd never wrestle again, and that's all I'd do. You know, if you live hard and you play hard, and you burn the candle at both ends, you pay the price for it. Talk about Ram Jam? Ram Jam, baby. This movie, I mean, I think you both, uh, you and I both really adore this movie. We really appreciate this movie. I think uh-huh. um, we en- appreciated the authenticity of this world and the acting. I'll be honest, um, I'm absolutely not. Absolutely stellar for Mickey Rourke. I am not a Russell huge Tomei Mickey Rourke fan, but this Evan is. Rachel Wood. I'm not a big Ricky Rook fan, but this is. I'm a, not either. This is a movie that I really enjoyed him, man. I thought he was great in it. It was, I mean, th- he completely embodied this. Yeah, 100%. And it was phenomenal. And I think um, the final fight sequence really just tied the movie together as a whole beautifully. Uh, it was really well orchestrated, it was really heartfelt. You can see. I mean, look the final the final shot. I saw it as it is. I think everybody knows exactly what happened after that. But um, I I saw it as a super sad movie because for me, I couldn't. It is a sad movie. No, it's not a happy movie, Dave. Because like he couldn't be anywhere else, right? Like that's the only place he felt like a human being was inside that ring. It's the only place he didn't. It was his identity, right? I mean, think about it. I mean, the psychosis of that, right? um, To live any to to live out of that ring was almost like torture to him. So to potentially. And it's the only thing he ever it? really understood yeah. either because he always fucked up everything else outside of the ring he could not Inc- um, control or actually do Inc- well at. Including the name of video games because at one point he's talking to a kid and he goes, what's Call It Duty? He's like, Call of Duty? <laughs> he's such a dad in that movie. He's, like, he's such an old guy. Yes, he, he is, but he is an old guy. I think- it's, it's a beautiful movie and I, I love the fight sequence because it's a little different. It's just old school, classic, you know, WWF kind of style of wrestling back in the day. And it paid a lot of homage. And I thought he did a really good job with it. And it's emotional. I think so, too. Uh, and, and anytime you can show uh, just antibiotic steroids being shot right into someone's ass. Yeah, I'm on board. <laughs> I'm, I'm on board. like, all right. I'm on board. Saw, saw it once in our gym <laughs> while we were there. LA finish? Yeah. No, no, no. no. Oh, crap. The, the other one, yeah. All right, Jay. My number five. I can only have one Rocky movie on the list or one Rocky fight on the list. There are some some good ones. Rocky. I only have one, too, so okay. don't feel bad. But I'm going to have one that people aren't going to expect on my list, and it is from Rocky Balboa, the sixth movie. Go to toe. One round to go. Who would have believed this was possible? Did you see out of that eye? Wait, let me talk. Let me talk. Look at me. Look at me. Don't take any more chances out there than you have to. There's nothing more to prove, Pa. There's nothing more to prove. I got to go out the way I got to go. You can do it, Rocco. You can do one it, One more round we go home. Okay, then do it. There's an old saying that every great champion has one great fight left in him. 
and Rocky is proving it so far. I really like this fight between Rocky Balboa and Mason the Line Dixon. It's because it's probably the most realistic fight that they have in the in the movies. Okay, um, they, yeah, they, they yeah. do it. They, they do it through that HBO Fight Night filter and stuff right, like that. Right. I really, I I really dug that. But it also, was an interesting twist. But also, like Rocky doesn't go in there and and really overpower Mason the Line Dixon. He win. I mean, he doesn't even win. But like, he goes the distance with them because Mason Line Dixon throws a punch that catches Rocky on his hip and breaks his arm. And like, that's really what like lets Rocky start getting the 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 upper hand on him. And like, they they mentioned throughout the entire movie that like, if it goes the decision, like he's not going. He's not going to be the winner. Like because he's just in the beginning of that fight, he's just taking volley after volley after volley in the face from Mason oh, sure. Line Dixon, and he's he's just a puncher. And they always say like a puncher has a chance. And and Rocky really takes it to him. They also mentioned that Mason Line Dixon's not in shape for that fight. He did not any training whatsoever to go fight the 62 year old Rocky yeah. Balboa. Yeah. And uh, but I did. I really just enjoyed like the emotional punch that they gave to it with that whole thing that like Rocky has lost his wife. He's got nothing left. He's he's living in Kensington again. His restaurant's failing, and he's just he's trying to make good with his son. He's just this older guy who's feeling so much anger at, at at and he doesn't even know what he doesn't even know what it's it's just anger at where he is and and at loneliness and he calls it you know the stuff in the basement and the whole fight is just about releasing it just mm-hmm. letting that beast out and the way that fight ends i fucking love it because it's him and mason the line dixon and they are just furiously trading volleys and the way you hear it you hear the thuds like it's it's body body head 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 and they're just like and they're just going nuts and then the bell rings and like they both like almost collapse and like he took a guy who is 30 years his junior to the distance and like stood toe to toe and said i am you know (laughs) i fucking love it i i Dave, that that is a great choice because I also absolutely love that that fight. Um, and you're right, that fucking ending is yeah. amazing. It it is it the really most is realistic amazing. of the Rocky bouts in all those movies. Um, and, and I I I just really enjoy it. It also it also kept like the the Creed fights off my list too, unfortunately. So, all right, Jay, what is your number four? Mickey O'Neill versus Gorgeous George in Snatch. What the money? Hey, fuck yeah. Fetch for it. You and me. So that's the kind of fight it's gonna be. Oh, bollocks, tears. This is sick. I'm out of here. You're not going anywhere, you tick lump. You stand till the job's done. It turned out that the sweet-talking, tattoo-sporting piker was a gypsy bare-knuckle boxing champion, which makes him harder than a coffin nail. Right now, that's the last thing on Tommy's mind. Gorgeous doesn't wake up in the next few minutes. Tommy knows he'll be buried with him. Why would the gypsies want to go to the trouble of explaining why a man died in their campsite? Not when they can bury the pair of them and just move camp. Not like they got social security numbers, is it? Tommy, the tit, is praying. And if he isn't, he fucking should be. Is this where we find out why they call him One Punch Mickey? <laughs> I'll tell you. 
you know, there's a lot of cool fight sequences in this movie, obviously. Uh, I think in a lot of movies we're going to talk about on our list. But yeah, I mean, it just it just goes to show, like, first of all, Brad Pitt. <laughs> Dude, his accent God is so damn. good. It's hysterical. And it's amazing. And like, it, it's- They like dags. I'm sorry, what? They like dags. <laughs> what? Dags. They like dags. Oh, sure. I like dogs. I like caravans more, though. <laughs> oh, fuck it. I'll fight you for it. I'm sorry, what? I said I'll fight you for it. It's fucking genius, dude. I'm telling you. He's really good at that accent. And if you he actually did a guest spot on uh King of the Hill playing Boomhauer's brother. And he did the Boomhauer accent so it's, fucking it's good. It's gotta be the Kentucky in him, right? <laughs> like I don't know what it is. It has to be the good old boy Kentucky in him that can bring that out. It's <laughs> so good. But so yeah, this this, this fight you know, is this good. fight is fucking sick. And and it's and it's and it's pretty wild. Now I'm not talking about the one punch uh fight per se, but I'm I'm talking about the, the final one. Well he does knock out Cor- George, Gorgeous George in one punch. Gorgeous like he he throws one punch at Gorgeous George and he goes down. He gets his ass beat by Gorgeous George. He gets thrown into the pallet with the, the, the wood pallet. All of his friends throw him back in. He cracks his neck and he walks up and Gorgeous George goes to throw a punch. He dodges it, one punch to Gorgeous George's chin, Gorgeous George goes down. And then, and Tommy's not praying, but he should be fucking praying. <laughs> I fucking love yeah, that I line. thought I was, this was I'm, I, did, unless they met each other again in the final fight. Maybe I maybe I fucked up the names with this fight. Are you talking, I, are you talking, talking about, about the, the final ring, fight? You're talking about the ring fight where he the ring fight where he doesn't throw it. Right, Gorgeous George is the and first. He's getting beat the fuck up. Gorgeous George is Tommy and Turkish's muscle who they use to fight yeah, to fight okay. Mickey for the caravan in the beginning. All right, all right. So I mixed up the names. Yes, um, my bad. I would have went with the fight I described, but you know you're going with this one. It's fine. I am going with this one, <laughs> just because I, the way it's shot. This is mostly because of Guy Ritchie, and also you know because of Brad. Um, Brad sold the hell out of it, um, getting beat the fuck up. The the behavior still with the, within the character was was still um, there, and just the way it was executed, it yeah, was you're, really stylish. You're, you're but talking it was about really the cool. the Pikey Retribution fight. Where while he's in the middle of the he's fight, he's supposed to go down. All the pikey and then after right. all that, all he he was right there. Well, and they had then, already killed his mum at this point, so it, that that's yeah, it's it's pikey retribution. And then at the yeah, baboom, yeah, it's it, no, that's a good one. I I I like the one I had better. I, I I hear you, I hear you, but I think overall this had more in it that was a lot more enjoyable, a lot more going on with it, and uh, it was cool. It was I'll well just say done. it now because it's no, a fun movie. There's no sense in talking about all my honorable mentions now since i talked about it so much uh the the fight with gorgeous george uh for the caravan the that one was your honorable mention that was on my honorable mentions list all right jay the karate kid sweep the leg johnny sweep the leg you have a problem with that no sensei no mercy Ah, uh, man the the crane kick <sighs> i Dude. love that that I just love that whole scene, right? Because it's it's a strong honorable mention for me. Yeah, it, it comes, strong one. It comes down to like everything that Miyagi taught him and stuff like that, and it's the one move that Miyagi taught him and stuff like that that we hadn't seen him use at all. And 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 Danny's hurt at this point. He mm-hmm. he has no leg, literally. Yeah. No yeah. leg to stand on. Uh, but I, I think what I also liked about it was the conflict in Johnny over like cheating, right? Like over sweeping the leg and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, and it was just, it was just nice. You know, it was that just the whole movie. I, I think that's why I like it. Like if it wasn't the movie around it, I probably wouldn't like this fight so much. There's so much build up, yeah, and, and emotion and style flair, and it, it, for like us in our generation, like that was just 
the fucking bee's knees, man. It was so cool. Like, I was his age, you know, when this movie came out. It was really, really cool. I never did karate. You know, I never really wanted to, but, like, it was just one of those things where I, I just, I had a lot of fun with it, and it was really well executed. It was probably one of the best movies I ever saw in for our age group, besides, of course, The Mighty Ducks. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, that I ever saw, and it, it was just, it was one of those things. that will always stick with me. I always love it, and it's a great choice, Dave. An honorable mention should be Mr. Miyagi versus John Kreese, but that, mm. <laughs> when, when he when he gives him the live or die uh, choice, and he said, uh, and he honks, uh. and he honks his nose. <laughs> That's definitely another one. All right, Jack. What is your number three? Another uh, bittersweet one: Maggie versus Blue Bear and Million Dollar Baby. Yeah, this again is- the final fight. Um, you know. It, this is a. This is obviously everybody probably have seen this movie, Million Dollar Baby. Just take the chair Clint, out of the ring. They Clint say it Eastwood. twice in the movie. I take know. the chair out of the ring. I know. And you know, it's 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 a rousing story. It's a beautiful story. It's so well acted by Hillary Swank. Um, she really puts it all on the line. Clint Eastwood, Morgan Freeman were so fantastic in this movie. Um, I really loved Clint's direction in this and. Yeah, it's a rousing fight. It's a great fight. It's a tough fight, and and Maggie's winning and coming up, and she's beating her, and then she gets sucker punched. Yeah, in the fucking stool, and she gets laid out after the and, bell rings. Like not just sucker punched, like after well, the bell after, rings. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, so after the bell rang, and she breaks her neck, and that's the the beginning of the final chapter of that movie. And I don't want to touch into it because it is fucking devastating. So. However, it left a lasting emotion for me and also for the movie as a whole because it is so good and it's so well done. And my God, I mean, just watching her train and and develop throughout this movie is just beautiful. It's a beautiful movie. As it should. Yeah. All right, Jay. My number three is Enter the Dragon, Bruce Lee versus Bob Walls. Oh, don't hit back. The reason this is on my list, Bob Wall and Bruce Lee, both karate champions. Uh, But the reason this makes it on my list is because I don't think I can talk about competition fighting without talking about Bruce Lee, a man who his hands were literally considered the fastest thing that a human could do like he, he had the fastest hands out of any human being and in this fight he displays that so there it, it's a competition fight and him and bob wall have their hands locked together and then when they give the fight signal you know bruce lee moves and his hand movements are so fast that the camera can't even pick them up he's hitting bob wall and then drawing his hand back and putting it back into position and you can barely even see it it's so fast and then the fight gets even crazier because at one point he kicks bob wall and he kicks bob wall so hard because it was they were doing like a real fight because these are two actual karate champions who are stage fighting they were actually hitting each other he kicks bob wall in the stomach so hard that when bob wall falls into the crowd of extras who catch him one of the extras actually broke his arm catching him with how hard bruce lee kicked him Yeah. So then later on, Bob Wall is on the ground and he breaks two bottles, two beer bottles, real beer bottles, Jay, not sugar glass. These were so he's real, pissed. real beer bottles. Right, right. No, I, I don't think he was pissed. It was in the script and stuff like that. But Bruce Lee told him, don't hold back. 
and this is the former karate champion before <laughs> Bruce Lee was the karate champion. Oh, this man. dude comes in and he goes to take a swipe, like a stab at Bruce Lee, and like full instinct takes over, and Bruce Lee like kicks the both bottles out of his hand with one movement, kicks him in the head, down goes Bob Wall. And like they said, like those were real kicks. Like Bruce Lee fucking kicked him. You need to find this for me. <laughs> oh, I have the video. I'm I not a Bruce Lee guy. I'm not. Uh, well, I showed I, you I the mean, video of Bruce Lee doing the six inch punch, right? Where he punches a guy yes. from six inches and the guy f- f- like goes back about three feet, sits in a chair, and then the chair slides back another like four or five feet after that. Like Bruce Lee has spent so much time honing like his skills that it's absolutely ridiculous. Like they, there was times where they were filming him that they had to ask him to slow down because they couldn't film him when he was doing the Green Hornet TV show because they couldn't keep up with his hands. The camera wasn't catching it. People thought that it was staged, like that stage, right? right because it's ridiculously fast, right? Yeah. And a lot of times, unfortunately, wow. Bruce Lee made connection with a lot of the actors that he was fighting because it's really hard for someone who is not from for his fault, probably right. their fault. For no, 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 being no. His of, his fault. Be, no, no, I'm well, on him. Goes both ways, right? Because he's such an instinctual fighter that when reacting in these stage scenarios, he's reacting as a fighter would mm. act to strike, and he's <laughs> and he's connecting. Bruce Lee is hands down one of the most just dynamic figures to ever come out of Hollywood, to ever come out of martial arts. And he certainly is just a force to be held. Like uh, it's a shame that, that he was, he was gone so soon, but I mean, dude, he like, I couldn't do this list without putting Bruce Lee on it. Probably the greatest competition fighter of martial arts of all time. Yeah. Great choice, buddy. All right, Jay, what is your number two, man? Rocky Balboa versus Ivan Drago. Oh. Rocky IV. Toe-to-toe. The Russian towers above the American. It's a true case of David and Goliath here. It's unbelievable, the, the, the condition of both men, but the Russian I must break you. I must break you. <laughs> I fucking love it. <laughs> I had a man burner for fucking Drago. I mean, he was just he 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 did not look human to me. Yeah, he, no, he blew didn't. my mind. He I mean, didn't. like his his physical specimen, his presence on screen was so domineering, and the way just this was the nineteen eighties. I'm I sure. Mean, yeah, I'm sure both him and a, Stallone, a in real very life. good looking guy, but also he was so much bigger than Rocky, right? Even probably more jacked than Rocky in well, some ways. I mean, I think I think it was the and it was the nineteen. It was his presence. I'm pretty sure both of them were probably on steroids at the I'm, time. I'm sure. For, for sure in that day and age for real. yeah um and then but just you know being back behind the soviet union and then rocky being the champion and and trying to m- defeat him because wearing the stars Apollo, and sh- wearing you know, the stars like and wearing stripes, the stars and stripes right. you know doing it in russia for america and rocky single-handedly ends the cold ends war the cold world yeah because are you kidding me because rocky course, throws up his hands and he goes mr gorbachev tear down this war no, I'm kidding. That was Ronald Reagan. Uh, <laughs> no. If I could change and you could change, we all could change. <laughs> I do love that speech. I 
dude, this movie is fucking legit. Yeah. No, it is. It is. I don't. I hate. I hate the haters because I don't not, understand the haters. It's, it's not technical. It's, it's but but yeah, this one's not like a technical. If I had to pick like a rock of like the original you five Rockies, probably my, because this is this is the one I remember the most yeah. as a child. Oh, I mean, one, I grew up with this. It's the one I watched the, one the most that, too. It's the one I watched the most. It's the one that impacts me the most. Dude, how can it you not love it? Ties in with Creed too. I mean, come on. How I can mean, you not love it? It's America versus the Soviet Union. Pauly <laughs> has a robot, Still right? Up. <laughs> Fucking a. But also, like, there's a line in that fight that I really love, and it's when uh, Drago's trainer is kind of like chastising him, and he's like, you know, take him out, and he's just like, I can't. He's like hitting a piece of iron. Yeah. Right, he just keeps hitting him, and he keeps coming back. It doesn't matter. Yeah, he's not responding to his punches like right. normal people. Yeah. Right, like he should. You know, he should be. He should be done. Like, you know, yeah, right, right. He, he right. killed Apollo in in a in a round or, or three rounds, I think. But Rocky goes, you know, twelve with him. He's a rock. Yeah, I think if I had to pick, I'll just say it now. If I think I have to pick, like my favorite Rocky fight, like Rocky Balboa, other than Balboa, that Rocky Balboa that I talked about, sure. it's the one against Clubber Lang. It's because he ropa dopes him. He trash talks him, right? Like, yeah, so bad, not so bad. My grandmother hits harder than that, <laughs> and like he makes Clubber Lang swing himself out. He he ropa He takes an actual boxing technique and mm. uses it. Whereas in Rocky One and Rocky Two, it's just. I'll stand here and get my face pummeled as long as I can until I can get my hard rights right. and hard lefts in. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Ivan Drago is certainly the most physically imposing. Oh, for sure, villain that he's but ever I, gone up against. Even cinematically, I mean, I, it just always worked for me. I always really enjoyed it. All right, Jay, my number two is Gladiator: Maximus Decimus Meridius versus Tigris of Gaul. Another honorable mention for me. Yeah, great one. I I love this fight because at this point, Tigris of Gaul is basically the reigning gladiator champion right and maximus decimus Marinius is the maximus is he, he's been winning over the crowd he's you know he's he's their new champion and stuff like and they put him against them but they also put him against tigers <laughs> at the same time uh and and great cgi tigers yeah and i just i just absolutely love this fight i i love the way he takes out uh you know tigers of gaul like you know with that double swords into the gut and everything like that like he just i, I just absolutely love this movie i love the style in which this fight is shot in it, it you know it was between this and his first gladiator fight where he cuts the guy's head off with the scissor with, with the with the uh with the swords used as scissors and he are you not entertained but i i think i really love because this is when you know he really proved that he was the best gladiator that was out there and it gave him the chance at his vengeance was this fight right here and i i, I really really liked it and i also just, i just love the costumes in it like i like the way tigers of gaul looks right he's clearly like this this older guy he's like won his freedom and stuff like that but uh he's the old puncher who's ready to step in against yeah. the new champion and uh it doesn't go so well for him <laughs> just like it didn't go so well for rocky <laughs> all right jay any other honorable mentions that you have that you want to drop before we get into our number ones nah, I, I think i mentioned most of them during the show all right uh my honorable mentions just real quick raging bull jake lamota versus sugar ray robinson yeah not not because of Jake Lamota, because he was going up against Sugar Ray Robinson, a real life boxer. Jake Lamota, a real life boxer too. But, I understand that. And 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 they really the the movie just really portrayed how fast the hands of Sugar Ray Robinson were, 
and how quickly he could bloody you. Like, uh, you know, right. the, the, you know, Jay LaMotta. Yeah, bust your face open. Yeah. <laughs> Jake LaMotta gets, like, bloodied really fucking quick in this oh, yeah. fight beat from a volley of hits from Sugar Ray Robinson. Sugar Ray Robinson, Sugar Ray Leonard, like, these are two fighters that, like, I really respect watching, like, boxing and stuff when I go back and watch, like, boxing videos and stuff like that. I, so just to see someone portray him in this movie, he's never had a movie of his own, per se. Um, not one of note, anyway. And I, I really enjoyed that here. Rocky won, going up against Apollo Creed because it wasn't about winning. It was about going to distance and he's a nobody who goes to distance, gets his ass kicked, throws a couple ass kicking his way. I just love the way this fight ends as he as he's punching Apollo in the stomach basically over and over again. He breaks his ribs and the bell rings and they both collapse together and it's just like yeah. Apollo, you know, in his ear ain't gonna be no rematch. No, no way. Rocky 2. There's a rematch. <laughs> <laughs> but I do love the way that Rocky won. It, it, it is beautiful. Bloodsport. Kumate. Kumate. I never Kumate. saw it. Oh, my God. Yeah. He basically goes up against a Chinese guy who's as big and as physically imposing as Goro from Mortal Kombat. And uh, he throws... He throws uh, basically dust like this blinding dust into Frank Duke's face and Frank's Frank Duke's can't see. So he has to remember his ninjutsu training and he fights and wins blind. It's very eighties. <laughs> and then finally, uh, Ram jam, Ram jams, last jam. Never saw it either. <laughs> you saw the wrestler. Ram jams. Last jam is the wrestler. My friend. I know, but I never saw Ram jam. Ram jam is the wrestler. Oh, you're talking about the movie. I'm talking about the movie. Oh, the wrestler. All right. I'm all just right. calling it all Ram right. Jam's I'm last like, jam. Was there another movie like inspired by this guy? Um, okay, cool. Yeah. All right, Jake. What is your number one? Warrior. My the- number one is Warrior. Brother versus brother. Fuck you. I'm sorry, Tony. Okay, man. Yeah, I'm sorry. Tell Tony. It's okay. Today. It's okay. So this was hard for me because I absolutely loved every single fight with Tom Hardy. Maybe even more so the first one when he's fighting uh, the dude in the training ring. The dude in the training ring mm-hmm. because it's it's the first time you see him fight. He pops in. He, he you know he's it's all essentially almost like in one take. You know it's almost like Creed style. He just hops in, boom, boom, boom. It's really very authentic. Um, and he just knocks him the fuck out after a point. And it really, it's, it's, it's not as glamorously shot as the, the former later fights throughout the movie Mm -hmm. in the classy ring. However, the emotional weight and everything behind so that, Joel Edgerton. That's your number Tom one, Hardy. where 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 he fights the where where he fights the dude in the training no, ring. Oh. No, I'm I'm just building up to the point uh, where okay. the <laughs> because I'm paying respect because I thought all the fight sequences were really fun cinematically. Okay, um, you know the one shot, you know, or or two pops and boom, done out. He walks fucking out the ring, out the door, and it's it was so exciting to see in the movie. It was. Um, it was really cool. Until he this comes up against the, his brother. This is around the time. This is around the time I didn't really know who Tom Hardy was. Mm-hmm. And watching this movie, I was like, "What the fuck? This this is fucking sick." Yeah, you're watching the Hulk. You're watching a monster. Yeah. A monster. A monster. And yeah. that's kind of like the point of the movie. That's like kind of the character as well. But also the emotional character weight behind it between him and his brother, 
and their fucking alcoholic father, played by uh, Nick Nolte. Very well done. You son and- of a bitch! Turn this ship around, Ahab! Turn it around! Turn it around! <laughs> Kevin O'Connor did a great job in this movie. He really, really, really did. He saved his career. And, um... Yeah. So, what do you think, man? This, I mean, this is uh, a beautiful movie. No, the two brothers going against each other, hands down, best fight. Yes, just best fight. I, 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 so many ways. I still get welled up in tears. You know, when Joel Edgerton (sighs) has has Tom Hardy's arm behind his back, he's got the knees locked in. He's like, it's okay to let go. Just let go, Tommy. Yeah, just Just let go. Tap Tap out. out. Yeah, because you don't want to break his fucking shoulder. And then it's not even Joel Edgerton who breaks his arm. Tommy tries to get out of the lock on his own and breaks his own arm getting out of the lock because he knows that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, ah, oh, it's just nuts, dude. And then after that, he still stands up and he's trying to fight with the fucking broken but arm. But he eventually does get his brother to tap because he's choking his brother out. Like he gets a rear naked choke on his brother. Yeah. And he tells him it's okay. It's like, it's and, okay to just tap. But even throughout this whole like five minute or whatever sequence, he's talking to him. He's, he's trying to be the good brother to get him back like it's okay. Like I'm not. I'm not against you. We're on the same side. We're in this together. Right, we I love same, you. We both like, had the same shitty dad. We had the same shitty upbringing. Like you know, you you dealt with it one way. I dealt with it head on. You know, like it's just two different ways of dealing with the right. shitty fucking parent. And it was just so good. And it, it was, was so it was emotional. Good. And like I, you know, they do a great job of starting this movie out as a movie about fighters, mm-hmm. and then really tying it into a real emotional hook. Like a lot of times, like things start off with your emotional hook, and then the fight becomes the the whole movie. This is is a movie that starts out about fighters that winds up being about the emotional you know the the fight ultimately doesn't matter at the end they, they could have right. had a, a a conversation and an argument that could have led to the same sure. outcome but instead you know it had to happen in a ring and i just love the way that we find out as an audience that they're brothers and then uh the the movie finds out that they're brothers and stuff like that and yeah. it's just it's just done and it's incredibly well shot it's, it's really it's, really well shot it's one of the most unsung hero films of our time almost because it's it's really really good it's it was it was not seen when it first came out it was a word of mouthpiece more and more and more years and years later again me and you me and you are both fascinating by championed it me and you are both fascinated by marketing marketing for this movie was this is a martial art no this is a mixed martial arts movie like that's what the movie portrayed mixed martial arts and you know, we had all seen other mixed martial arts movie like uh, what the the takedown or whatever it was right. with or, or fighting with Channing Tatum and all this stuff, and they're all very you know blasé movies with yeah. some cool fights like that. That's what they wind up being. This turned out to be a movie that was less about the fighting and more about the emotion of it, and I don't think anybody really got that. And it also did a fantastic job of having some brutal fucking fights in it. Exactly. So I think they took the wrong angle. Hundred uh, percent with the marketing. They spoke to the wrong people, but people who see it, like I, I you know, my, my everybody, my brother in law, the movies that I always my, just champion. My brother in law Sam, I know he's a big UFC fan. Big I know he likes this movie, yeah. and, and like I, I like this movie for something different than than the fights in it. But the fights are really really well done they feel realistic uh, th- you know th- they do feel a little sensationalized especially some of tommy's fights they do feel sensationalized but i i still really respect them for 
for basically paying tribute to the sport at the same time that they're telling their their little story as well. So, yeah, damn. I, I, well, we both had the same number I know, one. It's pretty cool. It's exciting. It's I'm actually before. really happy about that. It's yeah. happened before. Uh, I think I think me and you have it because this is a movie that both me and you love, and it's like one of those movies that we try to get other people to watch all the time. I, I know a lot of people have seen it, and I'll, probably a lot of people who listen to this have seen it, but if you haven't for any reason, you need to. Watch Warrior. It's true. You even do. if you have to spend money to rent it, even if it's not streaming somewhere. I think it is. It usually always is. But if you have to spend money on it, do it because it's worth it. It's it is. Worth it the really money. is. Go watch it. It's worth it. So if you have any other films that are uh, organized fights in movies that you would like to throw our way, you can reach out to us on Twitter at SuperMoviePod. You can reach out to Jay on Facebook, Super Movie Brothers Podcast on there. We are part of a network, so you can check out all the other shows that are part of the PodFix network over at PodFixNetwork.com. Make sure that you check out my new Star Wars show with Wes from the Via VHS Podcast. You can check that out at Good Morning Mose Isley on iTunes or on anchor.fm you can check out good morning mose isley we do have a sponsor for our show our sponsor is blowfish the hangover cure so if you suffer from the scourge of hangovers make sure that you go to forhangovers.com that's f o r hangovers.com and use the promo code smbfish to get your 15% off. Me and Jay do have some new Patreon episodes that have been recorded that we will be releasing. So if you would like more Super Movie Brothers content, make sure that you head over to patreon.com slash Bros or just search for Super Movie Bros on Patreon. And for just $1, you can get all of our additional content, including all of Jay's date stories and the sequel episode, which will be coming soon. I want to thank all of you guys for listening. Have a fantastic time. Cheers. Cheers. What's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Human Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now